Mary Serafina would usually introduce Rusty, but she's not feeling well this morning. Call me early this morning. So uh, I think all of us know Rusty extremely well. The church is doing a program for eight weeks called Christian to the Core. So Rusty's kicking that off, but it's going to be Christian to the Core, Rusty style. Okay, can oh, so I'm living. Where's one? I'm living the preacher's dream. I got a captive audience, and I got more time than I got material. (laughs) Couldn't be much wonderful. Okay, so. so let me start. Let me start by telling you. First off, uh, Mary asked me to teach. We were talking back, uh, you know, back in the fall, and I could do on what I wanted to. And this past year, I just really been lit up by Romans twelve, and it just has really done a lot for me, especially in the workplace and even setting resolutions and things like that. So I came to teach Romans twelve, especially one that start with one and two. Well, I'm not going to do that. And uh, yesterday I was having lunch with Julie Wright, oh, I mean with Bob Fletcher, and Julie Wright walked up, and she said, you're teaching tomorrow, right? And I said, right. And she said, well, we're starting that Christian to the core, and Mike wants everybody teaching that. Have you, how are you prepared, how you look? I said, what? <laughs> she said, yeah, we're doing Christian to the core, and, and uh, you know, that that's what the, the teaching's on. And I said, well, I, I don't even have a book. So she gave me a book. <laughs> So, I want to be very clear. I carried this book to to church today in case she saw me. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to be known as as not a rules follower. So, uh, so, but I'm not going to do that either, okay? So, I will tell you this, though, and I'm glad we're doing it, and I, I'll, I'll tell you this. The, the session today in Christian to the Core is about intimacy with God. And um, so, I'll just share a thought on that, and then uh, I might get to what I was going to talk about today, so we'll see. But I'll share a thought on that, which is uh, clearly intimacy with God is what drives us. If we're if we get that right, we can mess up just about everything else. I think. Okay. And what happens to us? I mean, I thought about this just a little bit, and um, only have a couple thoughts. But one observation is that as we mature as Christians, and this this class is, you know, to me the most mature Christians in the church. As we mature as Christians. We fall into the trap that we had when we were non-believers, which is we get comfortable with God. See, non-believers are not uncomfortable with God. They're very comfortable. Okay? They're very comfortable. God's over here, and he's with those people, and he doesn't need me, and, and you know, I, I need him. And I can still call on him when I'm in trouble. And, you know, they got the rules. You see what I mean? Now, with us... There's probably, you guys are probably like me, there's probably people in here have been doing your daily reading for 25 years in the morning, 40 years, 50 years. You've been doing your prayers at the same time. You've been doing, etc. One of the things that I know about intimacy with God is it's, it's a new road. It's a new daily road, right? And we should always be striving forward. It's built around our discipline. So one of the things I would encourage you is try something different with God. If you want to get a little bit more intimate, try something different. Okay, don't get comfortable with 
with where he is and where you are in particular with him. And uh, the book probably been read by tons of you guys, but if you're looking for a book on this, uh, I think A.W. Tozer's Pursuit of God is, is maybe the best. I mean, it rocked my world. It's one of those read-again books I read again. So, so I, everybody, does everybody agree I taught on Christmas too? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. All right, let's get on with what we want to talk about today then, all right? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what I want to, this is interesting. Coming to CUC is always so interesting for me, and I actually went into the teeth of the lion today, because this is not a place I come to teach, to be honest with you. I love coming here. Uh, I'm always a little intimidated by coming here, but I love coming here because we always have such a good time. And um, But I don't come to teach as much as I come to learn. But then again, I don't teach as much for the purpose of teaching as I do for learning, right? So I come here to learn. So I feel more comfortable if you guys will share with me if we have a subject that we talk about we're going to explore, Okay, so today we're going to explore, and when I, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say go to the teeth of lions, because let me tell you what I want to explore today, okay? And it's this. Storytelling, okay? And uh, I want to explore storytelling in the next couple of weeks and a couple others. Now, why did I say I went in the teeth of lions? Because... You guys know it. I think the best absolute storytellers I know sit in this class, right? And one of them's right in front of me. <laughs> but I also know David and his storytelling. I know Paul and his storytelling. I know a lot of storytellers, great storytellers. If you will stay with me or at least wake up at some point, okay, I will tell you the secret to Malone's storytelling, okay? Yeah, I'll tell you the secret. I was around Malone long enough. I know the secret to his storytelling, so I'll tell you the secret to his storytelling if you'll, if you'll stay with me. But um, storytelling is vital to us, and we're not all at the same place. And I just want to explore that a little bit, and one of the reasons is this year, Mike is going to do a whole, essentially the whole year are on the stories of the Bible, okay? So instead of doing those stories, I want to do a little talk about us to get us ready. It's on storytelling, okay? Now, we're going to talk about something other than storytelling and, and a couple of things that I've learned along the way. But um, I will, I need to open I will um, tell you that one of the uh, quotes I heard, one of the, a couple of things I've heard that uh, have really impacted me about storytelling. One's an old Jewish proverb, and uh, it says that the the uh, closest place. Let me see, I'm lost here. I stay lost, though, don't I? Okay, good. So the shortest distance between a human and God is a story. Isn't that a fascinating thought? The shortest distance between a human and God is a story, okay? And uh, I think as we're looking to connect friends with God, even ourselves with God, we come here too much to get folks on ourselves as friends with God, we think there's got to be stories. So which stories are those? And how do we tell them? There's stories of the Bibles. So when 
I am doing the reread of the Bible, like many of you guys are doing. I'm doing a little different because I started it last year, and I actually slowed down this time. You know, when I've read the Bible before, it was a contest. See, whether God could write faster than I could read. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I wanted to say I read the Bible. And I was realizing that if I don't sit and bake in it, now I go back and study subjects, but in just this read-through, I've decided I was really going to bake in it. Okay? And... Um, and you know we have that famous saying that um, that that we all know that Bible the basic instructions before leaving Earth, and that's so absolutely true. But when I read that Bible, I realize that yeah, it's the basic instructions before leaving Earth. But the other thing it is is a set of stories that are all about God's covenant and then His redemption of us rascals, right? And, and he's done all those in stories. Every time. God is one outrageous storyteller. He is an outrageous storyteller. And think about this. I just want to run through this in our minds. And the reason I'm doing this is because if we're living our lives without telling stories, okay, we're missing such a wonderful opportunity, okay? We can badger our children. I can now badger my grandchildren. You know, I mean, there's so many great opportunities when you think about it, okay? But if we're living, so think about the way stories work through the Bible. It starts with a big story. And I think God was the one there. So if we get the details of that story, it got translated from him into someone, right? And by the way, told twice. That creation story, we get it told twice right there in the first two chapters, right? Isn't that great? Three chapters. Isn't that great? So it starts with, hey, listen. Now, it's a baseball story. Y'all know that. Because the whole Bible starts with, in the big inning. <laughs> and I'm a baseball nut, so it got my attention right from the beginning. You know, this is kind of how he pulled me in. But... That's that big story, but then we know, and we all know the history, we know these guys weren't writing at that time, and so the only way that thing gets done is it gets told over and over and over and over again, right? And then it gets songs, and it gets sung about, and it gets over and over again, and then even when the writing came along, the writing was pretty pretty elite for just a few, but the pictures were a lot better, so we get pictures, and then we get stained glass windows, and stained glass windows are the stories so we could sit and look at them and, uh, and see that, and then eventually we get it in writing. So it's not, we think of it as God's written word, okay? And it is. But it's really got stories written down. You follow that? Now, it's really, I was really fascinated as I started looking at this more, but let me tell you what's happened recently. And I'm going to be all over the map, as I am. Like I said, I've got more time than material, so this will be easy. We'll, we'll explore together. But uh, we had a great holiday, and uh, our holiday was followed by something I was dreading greatly, okay? Right after the holiday, and I didn't really get to vote on this, there was a decision by our family that we were all going to Disney World, okay? And all met both, uh, uh, both our daughters, all three of our grandkids, i got two little granddaughters, one that's seven months, that's you want to take them on a long trip, and uh, four and a half, and this, this little grandson of mine that most of y'all have heard about that's my reason for life, he's seven and a half years old, okay? 
And then not only were we going with, you know, my, my daughters uh, and, and that, but also with uh, the in-law from the other side. Okay? So we're all going to be together for quite some time. Now, what was working in my mind was a story when we took our first vacation down there, my wife and I and the kids, okay? And we went down there, and, you know, I never took any time off work because I was a workaholic, and so we were going to do this. She arranged the whole thing, and we stayed in one hotel on the way down because we didn't think we could make it. We got there and stayed in another one, and it had a problem, so they moved us to another one. And, uh, and then we stayed one more night, then we came back and stayed on the road. So we stayed in four places in five nights, <laughs> moving three kids. The first night was my favorite night because we got to the place. And Ann, a lot of y'all know Ann, okay? And Ann had, I mean, these kids are on a routine, okay? And there's a time they go to bed, there's a time they eat. You know, she was a believer in that. So we get to the hotel, and it's time for them to go to bed. And it's 7.30. So we put them to bed. Of course, we didn't have much money, so we don't have a suite. We have a room. So we put it to bed, and she turns the lights out. And I go, honey, we, we can't leave these kids up here while we go downstairs. She goes, oh, I know that, stupid. <laughs> and I said, well, what are we going to do? And she pulled out the paper, and she gave it to me, and she said, why don't you go in the bathroom and read the paper? <laughs> I said, it's 7.45. You want to read the paper? Ben? Oh, boy. This is a great vacation. So, that, was, that started my memories of Disney, okay? Now, she worked there, by the way. When we were dating, and worked there, so we went 21 times in one year, etc. <laughs> Disney is a phenomenal place. Why? It's a storytelling place. How do they do that with kids and it not be cheesy? I can't figure it out. It is a magical kingdom. It's a storytelling. Y'all realize that Disney tells our story better than we do. Their stories are all stories of evil, and someone that's in trouble, and they get redeemed usually by a mouse. <laughs> okay? You follow that? Disney makes a living, an unbelievable living, $8 billion, on doing what we've been asked, told, trained to do. Okay? Which is just telling a story. And they usually tell our story. I was very excited. Hollywood Studios down there is a life-size nativity scene. They have a story about that. I don't know how much longer it'll be there, but it was great to see it. You know? So it was great to see it. <coughs> Disney has a sign when you enter it. And this is something interesting. It says, leave today. Enter tomorrow. Or enter yesterday. Okay? Or enter fantasy land, right? Now, the riverboat guy was really good. He said, uh, if you've been here and you haven't been to, to the future, you need to just go down two blocks, take a right, and you'll be in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> they don't update very often. <laughs> so, <anyhow. laughs> but the point is, if we look at ourselves, we are captured, and this is not what the Lord wants of us, we are captured by today. Okay, now we need to live today because it's our gift to us, but we don't need to be captured by today. 
Because our richness is in our history and our future, right? That's where the richness of where we are, and that's where our stories take us. There's a couple of quotes um, I'll share, and this, and, and this is one. History is nothing but a series of stories, whether it be world history or family history. It's nothing but a series of stories. And, to, and we're, before we're done, we're going to talk about family history today, okay? So it's nothing but a series of stories. I love this one. Um, <laughs> I love this. Rabbi Notchman. God made man because he loves stories. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? These are stories. Now, are you a good storyteller? Are you a good storyteller? Okay? And what happens is, my wife and I, I did my practice run on her because she is very, very insightful. <laughs> <laughs> And she's explaining how she's not that much of a storyteller because she doesn't do X and she doesn't do Y and she doesn't do Z, right? And I don't really find that to be the case. Because storytelling's not all how you can run your mouth. There's lots of ways of telling stories, okay? And there's lots of elements of that. But also, what we'll find, and this is very important in this class, we tell stories together. We tell them as a family. We don't all have the same role in, re in making that story go along. And I want to share a little bit about that today. And also as a class. But I felt really compelled. I'm going to give a couple other things. And I, I realize I'm bouncing all over. So, but, you know, but y'all are getting older too in your minds. <laughs> so, you know, um, but what I was going to say, I think, let me see. Oh, yeah. But, uh, the class, you guys recanted right at the class the amount of service and giving you've done. Okay? And I think that's, of all the things, I mean, that stands out. That's the top star on CUC. But one of the things I want to translate for you is all of those are stories. All of those are times. Something happened because of that. Otherwise, it was empty. You follow me? Something happened as because of that. And you got to capture the because. Because that's what matters, is the because, right? Now, the same thing happens in our families, and that's where we'll get to before we're done. Let me give you a couple more quotes, and I'll save the rest for next week. Life itself is the most wonderful fairy tale of all, and your story is written by the fingers of God. That's Hans Christian Andersen. There have been great societies that did not use the wheel, but there have never been a society that did not tell stories. Okay, think about that. Isn't that crazy? So everybody getting the feel that, hmm, maybe stories are really the fabric, right? Now, we argue over the instructions. I think it's really interesting in the instructions in the Bible because if we're not careful, we become experts in those instructions, and then we become experts in sharing those instructions. So you want to come to the Lord? In fact, I'm going to tell you a story. It happens to be my story about that. And here are the instructions on how to come to the Lord. But it also always got me that it didn't seem like Jesus was so obsessed about that. In fact, he did less giving instructions than he did defending why he wasn't following them. You realize that? He's wildly concerned about relationships. 
And he did not avoid obedience. He obeyed himself to death, right? He was the obeying, but he just wasn't hung up on the rules. In fact, he answered the trick question, what's the greatest commandment? He's willing to say, actually, it's, it's, it's you know, all those rules, if it's a little tough for you. See, is the Bible only for intellectuals? You know, does the Bible, this, is, this has driven a lot of my learning over the years is, my brother is uh, my age, that's another story, <laughs> and he isn't a twin, <laughs> okay? He's my age, and he's dyslexic, and he can't read or write. From Oklahoma. See, we didn't figure that stuff out until he was like 30, and then he's too mean and honoring. We didn't want to mess with him, okay? So he can't read or write. So is the Bible for him? Let me ask you that question. Is the Bible for him? Really? Well, how's he going to get it? Yeah, how's he going to get it, right? I mean, if it's for him, then it's got to, we got to be willing to say some things are actually simple, and that's what Jesus was willing to say. He's saying, this is really simple. Now, for you intellectuals, this is going to trip you up. <laughs> this is so deep, it's going to trip you up. You follow that? So it's in that storytelling. Now, let's go to, if we don't get to point two or three, I'm going to run out of time, okay? So, who is interested in learning why Malone is the most gifted storyteller I've ever met? because the key to storytelling that Malone has mastered is story making (laughs) it's easier to tell a story if you got one (laughs) <laughs> you follow me? Story making is the key to storytelling. Right? If it's a good enough story, you know, in the beginning, God, <laughs> that's a pretty good story. You right? I mean, that's a pretty good story. If that really happened, which I know it did. If that really happened, I can't hardly mess that story up. Tell them that all I need to do is find a way to blurt it out. Now, I probably better ways of telling it. You can become gifted at it. Some people are better at it, right? But the key to storytelling is story making. Okay? Now, let's go back to Disney. So I just went to Disney World, right? And I took the family down there. Now, the first time or two we went to Disney World when our kids were young, there was a clear objective, which was to be on every ride as many times as you could from the beginning to the end, okay, until they called the paramedics to take your children so you could crawl out of the park and crawl back, right? And that is the only story I've got from that trip, that and sitting on the potty. I mean, those are the only ones I got, okay? You follow me? But when I begin to slow down and see story making, you know, riding the teacups ten times with my grandson, you know, and when I start seeing what happens there and what we talk about, what it is about Paul, and when I start slowing down to say, what's happening here? What story's happening, right? And our families do this. I know the Davis family, you guys, you do an event every year, right? And you do it with the kids and you go out. 
I want to take us one place a little bit further on this. And this, these are my major points for today. I know I need to keep it simple, so I'm going to keep it simple, okay? So these are the major points. A lot of our story making is with family. So today we're going to talk about us and our family. And if you guys don't mind when we come back next week, we'll talk about story making outside ourselves and our family. Okay, we'll talk about, so today it's about us, next week it'll be about others. Is that okay with you guys? If not, I'd sleep in. <laughs> I'm not doing chorus into the court. <laughs> okay. Um, story, so we have story making, but the question is, we just went to Disney and we went to, the question is, what are the dimensions of our stories? You know, what do they include? And do they include our spiritual growth? Do they include our spiritual joy? When you capture those stories and they get told, what's God's role in them? Where was he? How did it make a difference? I got to tell you something. We had a blissful time in Disney World. Now, you can't convince any of us adults that God wasn't at the center of that, okay? Because we had our eyes open. I mean, it just just had to be. We had a blissful time. Do you follow that? So the question is, what are the spiritual markers? And I wanted to talk about this with this group because I believe in a thing called spiritual markers. Somebody's going, up oh now. Pentecostal is going psycho. <laughs> And spiritual markers are things that, that uh, Paul and Peter littered through the Bible. Spiritual markers are engagements with us and God where we gain absolute clarity that this was God. And I don't have to go back before this to tell you anything. I can tell you about this event right here. You know, when Paul's there and the stoning of Stephen and Stephen looks up at him and Calls on the go- Paul's got it. <laughs> I don't have to go back, you know. I can tell this with or without my conversion story. Okay, this is God. I saw it in his eyes. Changed my life. You follow that? So they have these spiritual markers. And uh, what I'm concerned about is in a, in a group like us, the centerpiece of the church, that we allow these spiritual markers to wane and not get captured. Okay. More importantly, we don't teach our children and our grandchildren that they're coming. You know, that there are spiritual markers in your life. God wants that incident with you. He's living. You are, your life is a fairy tale and your story is written by the fingers of God. Isn't that interesting? To do that, we must convey a simple thought that my aunt conveyed to me. A little rascal I was. And I gotta tell you, I was a rascal. Okay? Out in Oklahoma. And she conveyed to me that I, she didn't, she wasn't able to get through to me about God and a man, blah, 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 blah. She conveyed to me that I had a spiritual destiny. That I would, I could run all I wanted, but God was gonna find me. <laughs> I could reject him all I wanted to, but he was going to find me, and he was going to use me. 
And there was something in my life that was going to happen, and she wasn't smart enough to know it, and blah, blah, blah. She was my Sunday school teacher, by the way, which is always a little troublesome when your aunt or your grandmother, <laughs> right? But she was my Sunday school teacher. But I had a spiritual destiny. So that's my question to you, you know? We're going out to, we go to Yellowstone, or we go to Disney, or, you know, the kids get older. You guys know how that works, right? The, the price of the trips go up, or they don't go, right? Then <laughs> the grandkids come and then go down again. It's, yeah. it's awesome. But anyhow, but the point is, are you, do you have a spiritual destiny? Are we telling them at the same time? Maybe not the same trip, but they have a spiritual destiny. There is a place. They don't even have to be aware of it. Are you guys following that a little bit? Now, if you do that, then you end up with spiritual markers. You end up with events between you and others. And again, the reason that Malone and others, Malone, I like to pick on you, as you well know, just because right. you picked on me forever. So here, because he's such a, a great storyteller, is because he's a story maker. He's a story maker because there's those paths that cross. <clears throat> He's made himself available. God makes him intentionally available. People hit and things happen. I'm looking forward to a couple of spiritual markers in my life that I think are going to happen soon. We have a member of our church, a a really, a member I love, a lady that has two adult daughters. And those two adult daughters haven't made Jesus their Lord. May or may not be their Savior. She's been praying for him for 15 years. Okay? They've had conversations, etc., etc. Now, after a period of time, over a series of circumstances, they're not going to listen to mom. But we've arranged a time, and uh, somewhere over the next six weeks, I get to spend some time with each of those daughters. One of them and their husband. Isn't that interesting? They're ready just to chit-chat a little bit. Okay? Now, I need your prayers. <laughs> like a monstrous way, right? You follow me? But there's a, God's got a spiritual marker out there for us, for the two of us, okay? Now, I don't know what it is, and I don't know how it will be, okay? But I know it's coming. It's out there. Those are the kind of things. So look back through your life. I want you to page through your mind right now, and I want you to think about absolute experiences with God, moments with God, experiences with God, which is, I don't know if people would believe me, but I know that happened. Right? Because i got to tell you, the most powerful story is that. I don't know why it happened. I don't expect you to believe me. I'm not sure I can substantiate this. But I don't need your approval. I know the night I was on that ship, when the Milky Way painted over my head and I could read a book and there were stars from this side of the ocean to that side of the ocean and it was 3 a.m. I knew this was not a cosmic mistake. I knew things didn't combine. I'm not as smart as the smartest scientists in the world. But the reason was it wasn't just starlight. Something happened in my soul. Right? You follow me? So I can tell that. I can tell that and have told that to some really bright Georgia Tech scientists. In fact, I may may tell you a story about that next week. Okay? <laughs> I can tell that. And I can look them in the eyes. And their facts will start to waver. 
Because how can you take an experience away from somebody? Isn't that awesome? Now, however, if we don't capture these, would we have a Bible if we had not captured those? Moses and his team, or whoever, you guys are smarter than me. I know there was also maybe a woman or something that wrote. <laughs> but if those weren't captured, we wouldn't have them, right? And we wouldn't be able to learn from each other and wouldn't be able to live forward. Is that making good sense or no? Okay? So there's stories all around us. You know, I said again, you guys know my wife, right? And so, how many of you got captured, have been captured by one of the garage sales? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay? And, you know, and if you got to work, and it's not just enough to give, you have to work. And I mean, she's, yeah, she's a beast. Well, there's stories that come out of the garage sale. This is one of my favorite ones. There she is in the dumpster, and the sign says, free for the taking. Okay? <laughs> you see what I mean? I mean, I love that story, okay? It, it means a lot to me. And, uh, <laughs> and, and there's the stories we have when we're out there trying to serve those other people. Those are the stories that happen between us. The stories you guys picking up that going out and picking up the cherish. You know, it's an upscale garage sale, right? <laughs> garage and Jacko pick up this upscale credenza and bring it back as tenderly as they can. They pull through the parking lot. It falls out of the truck and splatters. And goes, <laughs> Remember that? The truck, but they're in, they pop it right in the dumpster. I mean, that thing, that kind of, I mean, it would have been rejected by mice. I mean, that thing, you know, but we did a haul off them. But we're doing things for other people, and God's doing things for us. And those, the stories, and those stories are valuable, valuable, valuable. We collect our stories, don't we? Anne's real big into scrapbooking. Any of you ladies scrapbook or any of that stuff? So she's real big into she's learning this scrapbooking. So there's this one, you know, of my little grandson, and he comes through, and, you know, all this stuff and what causes it, and this is kind of like your typical scrapbook, except it's, you have to pay for it for some reason. And it's on uh, steroids now, right? Well, does that scrapbook for his future contain faith moments? Faith moments his his papa hat. Faith moments his mama hat. Faith moments. Could we do this a whole different way? Could we become the Moseses? You following that a little bit? Y'all, the reason I'm bringing this to, um, to you guys today is because I really believe that we're the ones that are capable of doing this. Okay? We're the ones that can teach the rest of the church. Don't get so busy with life. <laughs> that you're not capturing those moments that come along. They get passed down. We don't just hang pictures. We hang stories. You can't look at the picture without getting a story. You follow that? And they're built on spiritual markers, and God's passing out these spiritual markers. We're told to do it. For those of you that need to be told to do it, instead of Rusty's having a good idea, always be prepared to give an answer for the reason, for the hope that's in your heart. But do it with gentleness and respect. I mean, always, you know, if, if you, um, if you can communicate well and you talk well and you've got confidence and you're very experienced, be prepared to give a reason <laughs> for the, oh, wait a minute. It's basically always all y'all. It's a southern verse. 
<laughs> Always, all y'all, be ready. Just to give a reason. Now, the easiest way to give a reason is just that story. You know, the reason is my life is just better. You know, when when I when I accepted God, things got actually my life didn't get better. I just my ability to live with my life got better. That's my reason. It's not doesn't sound very powerful, does it? God doesn't need us to be powerful. He's plenty powerful on his own. <laughs> he needs us to make the introductions. You see what I mean? And most importantly, to do that within our families as well. Okay? So, let's see if I got anything else. If I'm just dragging. I got a couple of things. So, I'll tell you. I'm going to do... Um, I want to use this morning the book of John. Just tell you what an outrageous storyteller God is, okay? And I want to use the first verse in the book of John. I want to use the last verse in the book of John, which is one of my favorite ten <coughs> hidden verses in the Bible, okay? I think there's ten hidden verses, and it's one of the hidden verses. So I want to use the first verse and the last verse, and then I want to use a story that's in John 20, one of my favorite stories. The first verse in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Okay? You guys know that verse, right? You know it really well. You studied it really well. And to you, what does it mean? It means Jesus was there in the beginning, right? And then it means God's in Jesus, right? Do you realize that God scripted a story, made man built that story, fell in love with that story, and put himself in it. God's got a story, and he's like, that story's living out, I don't like, I'm going in. Okay? Isn't that cool? Put himself in the middle of the story. Why wouldn't you put yourself in the middle of the story? God put himself right in, a big old storyteller like he is, and he put himself right in the middle of the story. And then what was Jesus gifted at? Well, healing and teaching. How did he teach? Yeah. There was a boy. There was a man. There was a woman. There was a man. <laughs> he, was, he was a master, right? But he was a master story maker. Who had spiritual markers in him. Isn't that sweet? Okay, last verse. Who's page four? <laughs> okay, last verse of John. What time is it, Mario? I'm already losing them. Long grab, I'm holding the door. Okay, here's the last verse of John. Yeah, y'all leave. Um, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Y'all read that verse? The Bible's sufficient, but it's not complete. It's not everything that ever happened. Jesus did so many things. John's like saying, John's a big story. John's like saying, I couldn't have captured all of that. I got all these stories. I just wrote down the big ones. Isn't that cool? God is a storyteller. John says, right now, now I'm going to do my favorite story from the Bible. John 20. Oh man, I should pull my glasses out. And then we have just maybe enough time I can tell you my story. Okay. 
Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter, notice he's Simon Peter, and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Now let me ask you a real quick question. Who's writing this book? (laughs) Does he not have a name? (laughs) You know, you usually describe people by what they do, you know. He could have been, you know... John, you know, the the gopher, John the author, John the writer, John from X, which was pretty common in those days, right? He's writing a book. Who is he? The one that Jesus loved. Okay? So what would you guys feel like if I came in here this morning and said, Rusty couldn't be here, but the one that Jesus loved has come to share with you this morning. Okay? Is this guy a storyteller? He's like... I got a feeling this is going to get written down, and if it is, I want to get it right. Okay? <laughs> Listen to how he wants to get it right. Okay? So, and said, they have taken the Lord uh, out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter, see, he lost half his name. <laughs> it's not so important, really, if you think about it. So Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, started to the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first, okay? Now, John, we already realized, wasn't one given to a lot of facts, you know, if all the stories were written by down. I guess they would fill all the rooms in all the world. That's not an exaggeration, by the way, but, you know. But you follow what I'm saying? But now he wants to make sure that we know who got to the tomb first so history might record who the fastest (laughs) disciple of the twelve was. And of course it was the one that Jesus loved, okay? He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there but didn't go in because he was a coward. But then, the show-off disciple, then Simon Peter, who was behind him, by the way, just make sure you understand, he was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb, because he's a dummy. (laughs) And he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head, and the cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, because he really is courageous, who had reached the tomb first, okay, also went inside. He saw and believed. Is that a story? God's going to make sure we get it, right? God's going to make, I'm in there, man. I'm I'm doing, I'm doing a stained glass window and I'm in it, okay? (laughs) Right? So we have our story, right? We have our stories, but they're not our stories. There's God's stories in our life is what they were. So my aunt pushes me, and she tells me I have a spiritual destiny, and I feel God knocking. And you know, by the way, I was raised in the Pentecostal Assembly Church, so I'm, you know, I'm the closet Holy Ghost guy here, right? But if you've been around Pentecostal Assemblies, you know, there were three or four years of my life at one time. We'd go to church somewhere between six and 27 times a week, okay? And then there are three or four years where we might not see a church, Right? And uh, depending on whether we want to dance or not, you know. And then we come back, and I mean, you know, you know how it goes, right? And it's a very, you know, it can be very judgmental, <laughs> which is what I love. When I came here and I learned, 
And I think I learned this at Epilone's knee, is that I wasn't responsible for saving anybody. That God saved them. I just had a love on them. Right? And then I learned I need to love on them, be willing to talk about them, at least introduce them to him, tell them that, I really, I hate to tell you this, I don't love you as much as I act like I do. God loves you, and he's made me do this. (laughs) He's made me like you. Okay? <laughs> if I wasn't saved, I wouldn't love you. You know? Which actually helped me as I learned later on to love the unlovable. Right? It helped me do that because I realized it was God loving through me. And we'll get to that a little bit next week if any of y'all want to come back. <laughs> so I went to Possum Holler Flats, Assembly of God, outside of Catoosa, in Possum Holler Flats. Small church. Big night, big Sunday morning, we'd have 50. Big Sunday night, we'd have 15. Okay? On this Sunday night, we had more than 15. We had about 20. Our church, like many small churches, if you go to Kenya, they're run by women. You got the preacher, you got all the women that are the strong women in the church, you get a few guys that get pulled in on the back. Okay? Our church was run just like that. Because we were in Possum Holler Flats, Oklahoma, all the women were huge. <laughs> Sister Riley was the hugest okay, of all the huge women, which Brother Riley was the preacher. Okay, These were all big women. When that night started, that Sunday night, I knew I was going forward. I don't know why, but my life was horrid. And I wasn't going forward because my life was horrid. I was going forward because God was harassing me. <laughs> I was in misery. Okay? I was a 16-year-old guy. I was in misery. And sure enough, they broke the song, and I headed down the aisle, and I went to the front, and there's where the problem began. Because I was on my knees, but I wouldn't repeat the four spiritual laws. (laughs) I wouldn't do my confession right. (laughs) I wouldn't do... You know what I did, y'all? I was on my knees. And they were above me with their hands up. And they were praying the Spirit down on me. And I was screaming, yes, Lord. 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 I screamed it a thousand times. They were ready to go home. You get Pentecostals ready to go home. You've been there a while. I needed to be there a while. I think each yes for for one single transgression. But I was, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I didn't find out till later, which I will tell you about next week, why that was important. I'll tell you why it was important, but I'll tell you how I learned it next week. And we'll end today, okay? Yes, because my issue was submission. My issue was submission. And my Lord needed to hear me say, yes. Yes, yes. Turns out I'm not God. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now that's a spiritual martyr. I didn't do my salvation right. But he did. Now, I would have to revisit it. And that's our story for next week. I want to tell you, you and your family are story makers and storytellers. You have spiritual markers. Capture them. You have kids and you have grandkids. Capture them. Okay? Let's close in prayer.
Lord, thank you for this moment this morning, for this class. Lord, thank you for the my heroes that are in this class. Many of them, Lord. Thank you for what we've learned. Lord, I ask you to harass us. <clears throat> Don't let what you've taught us die at our fingertips. Help us capture those stories. Help us pass them on. And Lord, above all things, Help us communicate to those that don't know you that they have a spiritual destiny. Life is a very tender. And you are the author with your fingers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. I'll get you in a minute. I was thinking as Rusty was finishing up, one of the places in my life that was so important is I spent about eight years in a Bible study with five women with a woman who was my mentor for life and for teaching. And So one of the things that she um, had us to memorize and that meant a lot to me was Galatians 5.22. So we accidentally kind of turned the board around with the Bible verse to t- with for today on it. So I'm going to ask you to just quote it with me. Can you do that? Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we'll spend the next... George reminded me that he was fresh out of Bible verses from me. So we're spending the next few months with Bible verses that relate to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And I realized this morning, I'm going to flip self-control back to the beginning. (laughs) Yes, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, was that not wonderful today? We're always so thankful to have Rusty with us. That's just, just really, really wonderful. Thank you all for being here and have a great week.